This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 8th of March. In your Squiz today, a grave warning about our national security. Shane Warne died of natural causes. Some top Aussie women. And happy birthday to us. This is your Squiz today. Prime Minister Scott Morrison gave a major national security speech yesterday to the Lowy Institute. That's a think tank that tackles all things foreign affairs. And what he said caught the attention of analysts that we're currently in the most difficult and dangerous security environment in 80 years. 80 years ago, we were fighting the Second World War and there were fears that Japan would invade Australia. So Claire, Morrison's comments were pretty notable. Yeah, really notable and certainly analysts yesterday was saying that it gives a real insight into the view of the government about exactly what's unfolding at the moment. That comes down to a couple of things, which is the rise of China. uh, And we've talked about that quite a bit in the last couple of years, but also what's happening uh, in Europe with Russia's war on Ukraine. Uh, The issue Morrison says is that there's this arc of autocracy. What that means is, of course, leaders like those that rule Russia and and China. They're not democratic governments. They are uh, led by people who do have a grip on power for life. And what we're seeing uh, are those countries really make some very strong moves into the world that has seen people marginalised. And of course, in Ukraine, uh, they're now at war. So what Morrison says is when it comes to Australia's security, we've really got to beef it up and we've got to protect ourselves and our region. Yes. And Morrison said China was having a bet each way on the war in Ukraine and that it should take a stand against its best mate and new alliance partner, Russia. Despite those sobering insights on our national security, it's impossible to look at what the Prime Minister said without acknowledging that a federal election is just around the corner. Yeah, as grave as that assessment is, and of course there have been plenty that have talked about our current environment, uh, it is impossible to look at it without acknowledging that election. What we've seen in recent times is coalition ministers and the Prime Minister talk up their national security credentials. It's a rare election that these sorts of issues are potentially on the minds of voters, and it seems that with the coalition under pressure in the polls and that election in really just a matter of weeks, it's something that they're trying to make a virtue out of. Yeah, as you say, we're not used to our national security being an election issue. For his part, we'll hear from Labor's Anthony Albanese on Thursday, where he'll also address the Lowy Institute. On to the latest on the war in Ukraine, where officials say Russia hasn't let up on targeting civilians in besieged cities, and shelling has continued in areas that were supposed to be safe escape routes, as well as hospitals and schools. Yeah, there's some cities like Kiev, which is the capital, of course, but Mariupol, Erpen, uh, and Kharkiv, which have been talked about quite a bit in recent times, as Russia having a strong uh, presence, and certainly the shelling that's happening there is being 
getting very intense. What Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has said is that he's accused the Russian military of murder. He says that Ukraine will never forget what they have done in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Russia says that it is possible for locals to escape. The issue with that, though, is that the escape routes that Russia prefers leads Ukrainians over the Russian and Belarus borders, which, of course, isn't where they want to go. The other issue, of course, that's on the minds of the world is that oil prices are really heading upwards. Uh, Oil is a big commodity that Russia exports. They generate about 7% of the world's supply. Overnight, what we saw is that oil prices have hit a 14-year high. That's right. They're now at $139 a barrel. So brace yourself for the next time you hit the petrol station. It's going to be expensive. There's been a lot of focus on the death of Shane Warne. A lot said yesterday by family and friends about the shock they're experiencing. And overnight, Thai authorities have made a statement about his cause of death. Yeah, his body had been transported from Koh Samui to the mainland. An autopsy has been undertaken. And overnight, what they say is that there were no suspicious circumstances. There isn't a lot of details, but what they've said is that it's a suspected heart attack that killed him. Uh, Reports say that he had complained to a friend about some chest pains and some shortness of breath uh, before he went to that holiday uh, that he was having with some mates. Uh, Thai police have confirmed that the family told them that Warren did have some asthma and some heart issues. It's been a tricky process getting Warren's body from that island uh, where he died last Friday. And yesterday there was a strange interlude, uh, the interception of his body by a German woman on the ferry that was taking him to the mainland. Thai police say that no law was broken, but it's still very strange. Yeah, it certainly was pretty bizarre, Claire. A state funeral in Warren's hometown of Melbourne will be held sometime in the coming two to three weeks. It's a big day on the global calendar, Claire. International Women's Day is a moment to campaign for women's rights and take stock of their achievements. This year, we're taking a look at three very impressive Aussie women who don't necessarily get the public kudos they deserve. Look, and they might like it that way. They might not be seeking the limelight, but certainly when we kicked around some names yesterday, Eliza, there were three who came to mind. And of course, there's plenty more notable Mm. women, but let's just have a look at these three. We've got Susan Kiefel, who is the Chief Justice of the High Court. She was the first woman to be appointed uh, to become the highest ranking judicial officer in Australia. She was born in Cairns. Apparently, she has a love for Rottweilers. I reckon she probably needs a bit of, you know, growl to really push (laughs) through that ultimate boys club. Uh, We've also had a look at Pat Turner, who is an Indigenous policymaker. Um, She started out her working life as a switchboard operator. not many of them around these days, Uh, but she went on to teach Australian studies at Georgetown University in the US. Uh, She established NITV, which is the Indigenous television station, and in recent times she's working with the government on redesigning the Closing the Gap scheme, which is that scorecard to drive improvement in health and education and employment outcomes for Indigenous Australians. So she's pretty busy. Uh, Also, Professor Sharon Lewin, who is an infectious 
infectious diseases physician. She has been in the media quite a bit in the last couple of years. She's the director of the Doherty Institute. So it's the modelling of her mob that has sat behind Australia's roadmap out of COVID restrictions. She's also a global authority on HIV. Uh, She is the president-elect of the International AIDS Society. So she's pretty impressive, as they all are. So there you go. That's right. The champions won and all. I'll put a link in the episode notes so you can get to know a bit more about them. Claire, it's a big day. It's happy birthday to us, the Squizzers' fifth birthday. You sent the first Squiz Today newsletter out on this morning in 2017. And since then, we've clocked a lot of early mornings. It's been a lot of early mornings, Eliza, over that time. And, you know, it's one of the weird things that I've just reflected on. Yeah, I kind of got used to that. It's wow. sort of the normal thing now. I'm a really good sleeper and I never thought that being that you a would ever really early morning person would be my thing. But here you go. Uh, uh, the other couple of things to note, of course, thank you so much, Squizzes. It's your lessons and uh, your email reads and your referrals to your mates that mean that we're still standing and we're still growing, which is just an incredible privilege. So thank you very much. And also thank you very much to the Squiz team. We started with me five years ago. There's now 11 of us. Uh, We really love working on it. I really love working with our team. It's just a really great environment and it's just such a good thing to keep on going. So thank you so much. It really is. 11 and growing, Claire, we should say. But the support we've had from Squizzers is really remarkable. It's the reason we're here today. So thank you from the bottom of our Squiz hearts. And if you want to help us celebrate, I've got a suggestion. Please do our survey. We've had heaps of newsletter readers fill it out, but not enough podcast Squizzers just yet. And there's a Dan Murphy's gift card up for grabs. So get on it. I'll put a link to that in your episode notes. Thanks for your time this morning. Larissa and I will be back tomorrow.